That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to I've Heard That, the podcast from Heard At Marketing that discusses digital marketing trends, tips, and more. Hi, everyone. Welcome to season two. I'm so excited to have you guys back. Well, welcome back, Max, and welcome, Dan. Um, introduce yourself. Tell us who you are. Uh, thanks for having me, Megan. Uh, my name is Dan Napoli. I'm the head of creative and post-production for Heard At Films. Um, stoked to be here. Megan, I have to say this is definitely the only podcast I've been on um, where the agency director knows infinitely more about me than Japanese in Japanese cinema and can just like school me backwards and forwards on it. So uh, that's a, a cool distinction. So yeah, I'm, uh, this, this should be fun. Thanks for having me by to visit. Of course. Welcome. I'm so excited because obviously we have uh, your podcast, Real Life. So shameless plug for Real Life because I feel like um, I know we have in-house experts, but I just can't get enough of that either. So welcome. Thank you. And hey, Max, um, welcome back. Good to be back, Megan. Uh, I, my name is Max Riffner. I'm the creative director of Third App Marketing, um, and I work with both Megan and Dan quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, so today, uh, two experts in the room, and I want to pick your brains on how do businesses incorporate video into their strategy? It has, like, exploded, and I think everyone... Uh, all of our clients say, I need a video. And that's really the kickoff point where we hand it over to, to you guys. So um, pretend I'm a client. Hey, I need a video. Where do we start? <laughs> uh, well, that typically starts with me getting in the room with them and then uh, trying to figure out what their goals are uh, for the video. Um, one of the good or slash bad things about video is that it's very, you know, sexy to clients. And sometimes they think they need it and they might not necessarily need it. Um, but for those that do, and, you know, having a conversation with them, getting that worked out, if we get to the point where it's like, oh, okay, this, this does seem like a good idea. I can see kind of a kernel of a, sto a story or something that we could share that would be beneficial for your customers. Um, that's when I get Dan in the room with me. Um, and then we can start talking through that with them. Um, and Dan has his own process that he shares with me, um, kind of down the road. And that's a good tee off for you, Mr. Napoli. Yeah, thanks dude. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's certainly easy, um, when it's, you know, collaborating with Max, we've been doing it on and on and off for 10 plus 10 years now, eh? uh, 13 but, years. Um, God, man, it's, it's just piling it on. <laughs> Um, no, it, 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 it is very interesting though, because video is, it's, um, it's really vast. Like, um, I've been doing this, um, in one way or another since 1999. And, you know, when I first started in the industry, it meant there's this, uh, there's really a pretty, a pretty firm line. Okay. There's entertainment stuff over here and you put docs in there. And then if you're a business, you kind of got basically two options. Um, you can do broadcast television spots 
or you can do what we would refer to in those days as industrials, um, which are eh, what we kind of see the version now is the promo videos, but like, um, you know, back in those times you're talking about, this is going to be on DVD. It's going to be on VHS. It's going to be sent to either training videos or it's going to be sent to franchises. Like maybe if you're a retailer, um, you're jockeying for um, screen space inside of, um, you know, your, your same store. Um, well, obviously now, you know, fast forward to 2021, it's everything from branded documentaries to, you know, TikTok. And so I'm sure it's very confusing um, and very confusing for clients and even sometimes agencies in, um, you know, where stuff goes. And then you have another layer of it's still very magician-like. Um, the people don't quite know how the sausage is made, if you will. Mm-hmm. And there's always a, um, like, like uh, somebody told me this a long time ago, so I'm, I'm stealing this phrase from somebody, but uh, it's almost the more simple it looks, potentially the, the harder and the more complex the back end of it is. So you do have a situation where, you know, a client or somebody will be like, oh, it's, uh, you know, I, like, like Max says, video is very, um, it's very sexy. Um, it's very in, uh, it's very appealing because if you think about it, it really melds together almost all of the senses, if you will, or all of the various um, elements used in, in marketing. But it's a large investment. It can take a while. Um, and like everything with, you know, with a good agency and, 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 you know, I know like Max mentioned earlier, it's like you always start with that, like, what are we trying to do here? Who are we trying to talk to? What are you trying to say to them? And uh, like, how, how long does this message need to last? You know, I think for us on the herd at film side of stuff, even when we're doing brands and clients and, you know, so if Max reaches out to us, it's like how much impact do these video assets or this campaign has have to have. And the more that that dial gets turned up, it comes more into our team's realm of production. I mean, you, would you say that's accurate, Max? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I'm, I was just kind of trying to think like the range of projects we've worked on together, probably the lowest end would be the, hero background videos for a website, um, which is actually something that we don't recommend doing anymore. Just, um, you know, it, because of site speed. Um, but we did, we did quite a few of those for yeah, a couple it, years. It was, a, it was, it was the hot thing for a minute, right? Yeah. And then we, all the way up to like, yeah, a branded documentary, um, which is that that's quite intensive. And then, you know, we, we sit down and kind of go, okay, I'm going to need, these screenshots from you, I'm going to need, you know, some, some clip outs, some, some sound bites for the social team. I'm going to need this, that, and the other. Um, we try to use, I mean, the nice thing about that is we try to like, if we know what we're doing ahead of time or what we're going to need, we can kind of earmark time for that and get into that with, you know, Dan and I can collaborate and say, okay, this will be great for this. And it's, it's a back and forth too, because oftentimes I'm, supplying like the the chiron graphics or doing art direction on that level um but it's it's a nice collaboration uh we do touch on story a little bit too we we try to figure out you know plot points 
just like you would a traditional novel or film, um, a scripted film, I should say. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, that's how I, I, I mean, I, I'd say, I'd say that's where we start, you know, and, and again, it's, it's an interesting thing, Megan, in the like, I, you know, I don't know how, I mean, how much time do you want to spend on each end of that run? Cause like I said, that spectrum yeah. is so big. Yeah. That's that I was, I was like, I paused there for a second. I was like, oh, how much do I want to get into this? <laughs> it could be, could be a several hour thing if we let it. Well, I think also you mentioned objective, but obviously budget is like an, another major factor in helping us pick like yeah. the right course for like what we're trying to, what, well, what story we're trying to tell and then what channels we're going to try and tell it through, whether it's like on their YouTube channel or on social channels or um, like on their site or, or any other way. So um, how does budget kind of factor into it for you, too? Because I know on the client end, they're trying to get their most bang for their buck, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's how we should do it. So what does budget mean for you? Yeah, dude, those are, I, you, you hit like four awesome things there, Megan. It's like, okay, I almost think about it like this, this triangle, this trifecta of budget, purpose, um, and message. Um, and they kind of go in those three, three ways. And so my thing too is always, and, and we've seen this in some of the stuff that we've worked on. When we get the best results are if we can get all three points of those triangles. So again, like, like back in the old days, I don't, I don't feel like we see this as much. You guys can, could speak to it much more, but, but you know, in, in the early days and when, when we started working in the early two thousands, it was this poker game, right? Clients were like, I'm not showing you my hand, what my budget is. Cause there used to be this kind of different dynamic and, and we just don't work in that way now where it's this like, um, cause to be fair on the flip side for, for clients, there was a whole element of our industry that was like, um, on the production side a bit that was like, how much can we get from them? And, and yeah. that's all gone away. And it's like, um, what is the most that we can do the most bang for your budget? Like, let's see what that trifecta is. And if like, you know, you don't have a nice balance triangle, you've got some crazy parallelogram looking thing because the story, or, you know, you want this kind of impact, and you want this sort of distribution or whatever, but your budget's here, then what we would try to do is like, okay, like let's, let's get those like in continuity. And diagram it. Yeah. Right. Dude. Yeah. And, and bring that back in. But we have to know those things because what we'll always try to do is like, okay, if this is your purpose and this is the message that you're trying to do, or you're trying to present that you need to present for your company, like here's, okay, we figured out great, creative we figured out great story but like the budget doesn't facilitate that okay that happens how do we um and we feel like we're pretty solid at this like maintain the essence of what you're trying to do at the ooey gooey dna of what you're trying to communicate as your brand and scale it then into something that fits into your budget um in scale it and make it so it's easily repeatable too. So if you do one at a small budget and it has a huge impact, like let's keep it going, reinvest, double down. Um, I think that's a good thing to keep in mind. I mean, there, there is a certain budget threshold, I think, of course, um, where there's only so much we're going to be able to do with that. Um, but I, I don't think that's limiting. In fact, I think that makes it more creative, uh, 
for Absolutely. us that ultimately the two of us are problem solvers and everybody in the agency is a problem solver and, and whatever they do. But for creatively, I think that's a little bit more interesting where it's like, if you have unlimited budget, it's like, well, yeah, that's unlimited choices. Then yeah. um, mm-hmm. it's more fun to, for us, honestly, to have a little bit of constraint because you, you can get some really creative results out of us. And, and we're both big reference guys, Megan, I know. And, and we'll do that a lot of, you know, okay, uh, you know, client, give us, give us some reference. Give us, is there, is there a video that you like? And then the next step to that is always like, okay, what do you like about it? Because, you know, if it's like, hey, here's a, here's a spot, uh, the Rock's new Under Armour commercial. Okay. And, you know, we're very good, of course, at like dissecting what that budget is and be like, okay, cool. That's like, a, I don't know, that's a half million dollar shoot, maybe whatever. And then, but figuring out that, oh, the client just wants something that feels gritty, that feels authentic. There's things in there that are created, be simply handheld camera shots versus being on sticks. Like those are not budgetary constraints. So when we figure out like, Oh, okay, well that's what somebody's looking for. Okay. How do we recreate it, recreate that within the, the, the framework of their, their budget. And, um, you know, Max and I have a lot of, and, and anytime we're working with a creative director, that's coming from like an agency side, like that's who I'm connecting with in that. And, you know, Max and I have like a pretty good, you know, back and forth. So he, they can make, he can make a reference that I'm aware of. And so when you're kind of like trying to uh, collaborate in a creative way for dissecting a piece of client reference that like, you know, it's, it's, that's a really nice place to be um, because you can get some better results. Yeah. I think that's like really hard for us um, to help our clients speak in like a, creative lingo that makes sense so you know we're saying like i want it to feel happy and you're like does that mean bright colors does that mean uplifting music does that mean like and so like trying to figure out what the objective is and how like how we're going to get there we pass to you creatives to um, decode but that's super helpful megan even even just what you said there in that example that's so fat that does that does inform us um, what, what's more difficult is like, um, and I know this is a eye rolling cliche term or whatever. Right. But to like, I want it to go viral. You know, I want it to be amazing. I don't, you're like, uh, I don't, I, that's like, that's like saying, I'm going to write the next great American novel, like, or I want to be the voice of a generation. Like, yeah, you're like, just uh, by stating it means you're, it's never going to happen for you. <laughs> But that does help things of like, okay, I understand we, you know, I want this to feel upbeat. Another thing I want to circle back to that both of you guys have talked about with um, efficiency and, and investment stuff sometimes. And, and again, I know that this can be a little bit um, scary for brands or clients, but the um, sometimes the worst investment is the one and done is the doing it once because you can't necessarily the, or, or the once wait and see. Mm. Um, now you can't go crazy, but, um, because it, every time you have to recreate this, it actually will cost you more what we try to do. So it's like, if I, if we can produce a series of videos and that we can get multiple assets out of a multiple day shoot, it's almost like, um, our, our very, uh, uh layperson references, like it costs X to turn the machine on. 
But then once it's on, you pick up efficiencies in, you know, so some of that, what, what that might be is instead of like shooting one video, editing one video, putting it out, seeing what the ad spend behind it is and seeing what it does is like do three videos because that's how much we could, we can shoot of this fictitious series I'm talking about in one day. And so your production cost isn't going to go up. Post-production will a little bit because you've got three edits, but you picked up this efficiency. And then if you can get, you know, we'll tell clients sometimes I'm more of, it's more about farming than hunting. Hunting is that kind of like one, we're going to do that one. And sometimes that's the right move. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes those bigger, well, especially if it's a really big project and that usually means it's a big budget, but that also means, you know, the amount of assets that we get out of that big budget too. It's not just a video, you know, it's screen, it's, it's, it's fuel for your social media. It's uh, screen grabs that you can use in uh, marketing materials, uh, printed materials, um, YouTube clips. I mean, it's so much more than just that, but yeah, the the series thing. Yeah, the, we've talked about that before, and, and, and been quite frank with clients at times. It's like you know, if you if you think you want to do more of these, I would do them all at once. Like it, it's it's substantially cheaper. It's it's sort of like you know, in, in traditional printing, like if you got to stop the press, like you're losing money. Um, you want to keep those presses rolling, and so because it just keeps you keep making money that way. And, uh, you know, kind of the same thing with Dan and his team, like, well, you got everybody here for the day, like shoot as much as you can get as much out of this Buffalo as you can. Well, Max, you brought up a really interesting, and, and again, this is where we are an augment to somebody like, like you and your role, like a creative director is that person. And, and, and when you, you know, you come in through them that, that thinks about that broad release of all the assets that you would get. I mean, we certainly know about it, but like, that's something that would, that's great in coming from the creative or coming from the agency about like, okay, well, if you, if we do this, I can get, I can also get whatever our, our social team can get two dozen posts from doing, um, you know, high res frame grabs. And then, um, you know, we'll do social behind the scenes and also I'll also get, and, and again, that becomes another way where you like mitigate that budgetary cost because it's not just, or, or you get the most value, um, yeah, it's X to produce these video assets, but then you get an entire level um, and that's what's awesome about digital marketing now. And again, that's different from the old days when Max and I started, you know, it even was just, like, even just 10 years ago, it's completely different now. Yeah. I mean, dude, we were do, we were still doing hang DVDs to clients to hang tag as recently as like, you know, 2009, 2010. And then you're talking about lag time. The DVDs have to get pressed somewhere. You have to make a glass master, like all of this stuff. Um, and those impediments are gone now, as well as you get all of these other elements, you know, and now you've got this packet of assets, Megan, right? That like, 
the other parts of the agency can do things with. Yeah, I think video used to be on its own island, to be honest. Like as a marketer, it'd be like only available to clients with really large budgets. It'd only be for TV. And then um, I feel like it's it's grown into like a tool in our toolbox more for like strategic purposes in the last year or two. And specifically in the last like, it's hard to say now with COVID time, it's like dog ears. I feel like in the last <laughs> six months to eight months, YouTube... Um, obviously owned by Google being like a major search engine um, to help answer questions back in search, like Google polling and YouTube videos to answer those, those search queries. It's 100% in, in like marketing wheelhouse of does this fit into our strategy? Does making a video to answer that question help us reach our marketing goals? So it's come so far from being this like, Hey, nice to have like visual, like, story telling piece to like no it's, it meets a marketing purpose because it puts butts in seats or it put like you know helps us achieve more orders or answers this question and, and builds brand um for for our clients so i guess i feel like as a marketer it's become a lot more of a tool for us but still like that's why you guys are speaking on it it's still like such an unknown because they're like hey can you um make us something amazing <laughs> your favorite <laughs> Oh, that, that's all that's all creative work and in a sense it's intangible until it's not until it's real uh and the, the so unpack you know, for we, us like a uh, content planning like i i mean if we needed to make a video like what are the elements of it so you've mentioned like the actual storyline right but like content talent like what are the elements that one would plan for oh man what's your yeah. checklist <laughs> Yeah, there's almost two different answers to this too. What, yeah. Dan, you go for it from your perspective, like almost okay. like a brand, a brand perspective, and I'll so, I'll speak to more of like the YouTube perspective. Okay. Um. So there is almost two answers of like, is it? I mean, is it with real people or is it scripted? Okay, those are really our first like where where the fork goes. Um, in those, those two, two different ways, um, regardless, um, and this is, this is another really important thing I think about, about video stuff. Um, in, unless, unless you just want to let people like Max and myself just like run off and go be creative geniuses, which yeah, is, you don't want that. You don't want that. If you're, if you're <laughs> listening to this, you can't see it, but if you're watching it, I'm definitely doing the air quotes on that. So please, <laughs> please understand the, the sarcasm there. Um, but we need client participation. Mm -hmm. We, we really do. It really is a collaboration. Um, especially like, so whoever the person is that coined the phrase, fix it and post everyone in production is very mad at that person. We don't ever want to talk to him or her again. Um, you want to do as much pre-production as possible even if it's answering questions and stuff like that, because it's always cheaper and easier to edit paper than it is to reconfigure or like, you know, get a rough edit back that you're like, this is out of this universe incorrect. I don't know what you guys were thinking. You know, that's where time starts going. So, you know, pre-production is where we're going to figure out script. You're going to, or you're going to figure out questions, talking points, if it's just simple, like, um, okay, we're going to, 
let's say we're going to do a branded piece on just a uh, history of company, history of company X. Um, okay. We're going to want to connect in pre-production. We're going to ask somebody, we'll do research too, but we're going to ask them to kind of give us like, what are those big milestones in the company? We're going to ask for some casting of, okay, who should we talk to within the company to kind of put those interviews together? Um, who are the, who are the best people? Um, try to, of course, you know, get some, some diversity in all kinds of elements. If it's, if it's possible um, from both um, people who've been with the company a long time, people who haven't been with the company for a long time, race and gender diversity, if those are all um, accessible to us, um, you know, on their, on their staff. And then you're going to go through like, you know, an outline and you're going to ask clients again for that reference. Um, and even occasionally negative reference is okay. Where it's like, Hey, so here's a piece that like our competitor did, we can't stand it. Or here's our old piece. We don't like it. Okay, cool. Tell me what you don't like about it. And we'll go through that process and kind of get it figured out. Or like, Hey, here's a, a piece that Nike did that we really like. Um, the way that they sort of like, kind of like told that story. Um, you get pre-production, you get that all put in place and then you go to schedule shoot and that's going to kind of be the next thing. Um, and you ideally want to get all of that pre-production locked, um, before you ever even schedule your shoot. Um, now if it's the other, I was just talking about this one Avenue. If it's this one with script and actors, you're going back and forth on, on script. Um, you know, you're going to get a treatment from us that is like, you know, the classic, like opening exterior shot, a man is confused, like whatever <laughs> our little story is. Um, you know, then you go through hiring actors, um, uh, casting, going through that process, um, and then putting together like, you know, your shoot. Uh, pre-pros also, we're talking about lighting budgets, um, lighting needs, figuring out all of those kinds of, um, you know, camera needs, staff needs, um, you know, for shoot day, all of that kind of stuff before we've ever even rolled camera. Um, that's really kind of what goes into it. And in that client participation, we shoot, we start going through rough edits and we need that back and forth from the client. You know, we, you know, the first thing that we put out there is usually, um, I mean, shoot, Max, you're just going through something like this the other week for us is what we call just like a story cut. That's got almost no visuals that is just like, is the information correct? Even if it's like um, intangible information, like it's our company story, are we hitting the right, um, are we hitting the right notes, if you will, um, before we ever, because we don't want to distract people with like, oh, I really don't like that shot of, you know, downtown New Orleans. Hey, no problem. We can fix that. That's not what we want to hear right now. Mm -hmm. Are we telling the story correctly? Yeah, I mean, like, just, just speaking from experience, being on the other side of the camera with you and then being, like, part of the process when we've been filming for clients, all the work that you put in up front to, like, nail down the questions we're going to be interviewing people about and having them, like, at least consider their answers but have it still feel natural when they answer it on camera. It's like, okay, well, when they answered it that way, we kind of went down a rabbit hole or it didn't speak to, like, what we're trying to get at. So let's try this again. And I think... um yeah, just like knowing that having that roadmap has like given us really, really good results. So that makes sense. That's the, the recipe for that. 
something else that Dan's really good at too is making everybody on set, especially those that are in front of the camera, feel comfortable. Um, and how he, I, I just, it's just a whole skill set that I would, I would just, I would just come in hot, like, <laughs> talk to me about this. <laughs> And Dan like slowly pulls it out of you. It's very soothing. It's just like it's a it's a completely it's a different talent. skill set. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's definitely a talent to learn how to interview people correctly. And like, and I can see what he's how he's doing it and what he's doing. It. I cannot do it. And then I, I was like, oh, that's going to be a great final product. And then he shows me the final product. And I was like, that's exactly what I thought it was going to be. I would I could not have gotten there. That's just impossible to me. Never met, you know, never mind all the technical stuff. Like, I, that's just completely foreign to me as well. But um, I've had some good mentors, and it's probably the combo of that and the journalism degree. But the way I look at it is if you're old enough, if you're old enough to have had records or you have vinyl, I approach it like sequencing a record back in the, you know, I mean, you don't put all four of the radio hits just boom, 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 right out of the gate. It's, you got to kind of like ease. I totally did that. <laughs> <laughs> my mix, my mixtapes were a hot mess. It's just hotter. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's a way better analogy. Yes. It's so much like making the mixtape. I, I, yeah, I love it. So there's um, no sequencing. It was just like hit after hit. Boom. <laughs> You don't get a breath. It's just, it's just nothing. Because we we've spent most of our careers, or I've spent most of my career doing documentaries and industrials, and so not working with actors. So even athletes, and it's changed now because of being social media and being influencers. But, but by and large, they're not people who are in front of a camera for a living, and that's a totally different dynamic and approach. So you got to get people comfortable. Um, you know, we, we try our best to, you know, to do that. And also, so we might be sitting with somebody who for the first time are like, okay, there's four people. There's like lights in my eyes. There's like cameras everywhere. And then what, what are the, what is, you know, uh, me, the silly director always say, right, just relax, pretend like none of this stuff is here. Easier said than done. Um, but yeah, so we just try to get folks comfortable and, and get them talking about stuff they know and, and kind of, yeah, kind of sequence it like, like a mixtape, if you will. Nice. Nice. Um, okay. I have some more questions for you. So like, tell me about some of your favorite works that you've seen recently. And then Max, I want you to touch on like some of the trends, uh, that are going that, that we've been seeing in video. <sighs> Um, so Megan, is that in the, uh, branded agency landscape or just like, like films I've seen recently that I'm into? I mean, you can share both, but no, <laughs> um, from a marketing side, um, maybe the branded ones. Sure. First. Um, then oh, we gosh. do want your like picks for the week. Yeah. Of obscure bananas. No, I actually have pretty <laughs> lame mainstream tastes really much. more. I'm, I'm sure the two of you actually like much more arty films than, than I do. Um, I have, so what comes to mind, um, they've been doing this for a long time and their, their most recent film kind of escapes me, but like um, what Patagonia does, um, I mean, their films, their, you know, documentary stuff is super, super incredible. Um, this is an older film now in that space, but, um, what Red Bull and Burton, uh, did with the art of flight, mm-hmm. 
I mean, took yeah. snowboarding films to an entire, um, you know, our guys would joke when it opens as like this epic helicopter scene. And we're like, well, there goes our whole budget um, just in their gas tank. Um, but yeah, those are, are some really, really good um, brand stuff out of uh, right out of the gate that come to mind. Yeah, I would say authenticity seems to be a big trend right now. Um, not uh, soft selling. Yeah. But, the know, brand's not like more, shoved down your throat in either of those. Yeah. 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 And I'm thinking, you know, I know it was a little controversial, but the Bruce Springsteen Jeep ad for the Super Bowl, uh, the Patagonia stuff. Um, I, that's what I'm seeing. Humor of course is always there and it will always be present. Um, but I, authenticity is kind of the biggest trend I've seen lately. And it, it ties into, you know, I think when we talked, Megan, about brand, um, it ties into that. I think people are not afraid to have a point of view, be authentic to themselves and to their brand and what their brand stands for and share it and feel comfortable sharing it with people now, um, their customers specifically. So I have a question for you two guys then from from our little sect of the universe, there's a lot of talk amongst our colleagues and stuff with um, younger, younger demos, millennials. And and then even like, you know, my, my daughter's demo, like, like Gen Z being very interested in how companies behave out in the world with social conscious and social consciousness. Do you guys think that we're going to see more brands developing um, pieces that speak to that element of their business? Or is this just kind of a moment in time? No, I feel like absolutely like all the brands I follow, all the brands I purchase from have all spoken up in this past year, whether it's on um, like environmental causes. So like, I think I was just reading like Lululemon and recycling and H&M and like returning your clothes there for, for like environmental consciousness or beauty brands and social justice. Like, it's like, how do these things mash up? Well, these brands are finally speaking their voice. And again, to Max's point, it's like really authentic. And you're like, okay, well, if I'm doing business with this brand, I want to know like what, what my dollars are voting for. I, I agree. Uh, Gen Z is going to be a force to be reckoned with, and they are very conscious about it, and they're very online, and they use Twitter as a weapon uh, for good most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and these companies are, I mean, they're at least paying lip service to it, um, but they have to say something. Like, they're 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 forced into a corner where they have to say something at least. And what is positive though, too, is that these brands and uh, companies are in a lot of cases doing the right thing and are trying to help out. Um, it's very encouraging. And, you know, Gen Z is pretty amazing. I'm really looking forward to seeing them develop as, into young adults. Yeah, I, I ask that because again, our, you know, we have colleagues and stuff talking that they're getting asked to do more. I think you're going to see more of what we kind of see in the, the highest end of the marketing threshold until you cross over into the more purely entertainment, but those Patagonia type stuff, the, the branded branded documentary where, where a brand is, is authentically behind it, but, their the brand or their product isn't like the focus what they're um 
whoever just said it, what their point of view is the, the focus of what some of this, this documentary stuff is. And, and it seems like we're hearing more, more people that we know, you know, we're talking about people getting hired for those types of things. So yeah, I was just kind of curious. I mean, you guys are much more um, in that mix than we are. So. Well, Patagonia is an interesting case too, because that's been built into their DNA from the start. You know, they've always been, forward thinking about climate and environment and have had some pretty amazing programs in place with their uh, products. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And the, I think, I think it's kind of being separated into two things. This kind of goes back to what Megan was talking about. I think there's these very strategic brand videos, and then there's also these very strategic YouTube as a search engine videos. Right. And it's just something else that we're starting to see a lot of. And a lot of cases that involves um, our SEO team going out and looking for questions that people are asking their clients or about their clients. And then Dan and I will work up a way to create a video that will answer that question. I mean, YouTube results are everywhere. I mean, they're even in DuckDuckGo, which is, you know, the private search engine. Uh, And they show up near the top and, you know, they give a warning like, hey, Google's going to track you if you watch this. But (laughs) but it's there. It's still there in in their search. And it's like in their top results. So uh, using video for like or video SEO, I don't even know quite how to how to phrase it yet. But it's it's a fascinating uh, thing. YouTube as a search engine is a real deal now. Well, Max, Um, dude, I'm. I'm yeah. glad you brought that back up because something I wanted to add to it that I think is important for, for people to understand in that thing is that um, those types of videos and production values are not mutually exclusive and are also mm-hmm. not necessarily epically expensive. Like to, you could still to just to have good lighting, good sound on those um, YouTube as question answering video, you know, SEO, like those, um, that balance can be, can be struck. I think sometimes people almost, um, pre- uh, pre-censor themselves, if you will, yeah. and to say like, oh, well, it's just going to this and so I bet it would be way too expensive to do it cor- like correctly or to like use it. And I'm like, ah, you know, that's not necessarily the case. It depends on what that term means. Um, those are another thing like we were talking about earlier. Um, if you through pre-pro and you can bang out a dozen or two of those in a production day, that becomes a very efficient use of budget. Um yeah, because really you just we're spending some time helping them set up the equipment for them to uh, record themselves, or uh, and then for editing. That's basically it. So they, it gets to be pretty affordable um, from a video side. Now on the research side, that might take quite a bit more because <laughs> right, we need right. to figure out what questions need to be answered. But that's yeah, the right way for something like that, right, Megan? Right. Like, yeah. So I was going to say that goes back to your point of. Uh, like work through all this in the pre-planning before we even turn the camera on. Like if there's an SEO objective or if it's purely a branding play, but we can squeeze some SEO juice out of it. Like, great. Let's talk about that up front so that, yeah, when, when there, you were, you turn the camera on, like we already have a, a game plan. We're not, we're not figuring it out on, 
on that time. So, or in exactly. post. Exactly. Any time you can do it pre-production <laughs> is, yeah, it's substantially cheaper <laughs> before you start running the well, clock on real and, life. And dude, her dad's so lucky, Max, because honestly, dude, it's like there, there's not a lot of places that like, you could literally get illustrated storyboards done in your pre-pro you, for your previs that you have somebody on staff that can actually draw. Uh, it's it's a pretty nice luxury. I don't have time for that, Dan. I can't draw <laughs> all your storyboards. <laughs> I guess that goes though back, guys. To um, you know, everyone has a camera now on their iPhone or whatever, and or could you know put their little selfie light on and make their own video. But the added value of experts doing it is that there is so much more that goes into the planning and into the thought, uh, like the strategic planning before you even turn it on. And those videos have their place, of course, for influencers Absolutely. on social. Like it's those are oh, great. Yeah. Like and brands can do that, but that's not not planned. <laughs> they have, oh, yeah. you're picking yeah. influencers <laughs> with specific content objectives. So it's not, uh, right. Unscripted. Excessively planned. <laughs> yes. You're absolutely correct. So. Yeah. It's, it's a real, um, like you, you made this reference earlier, Megan about, okay, you now have this, you know, uh, uh, tool in your toolbox, arrow in your quiver or whatever analogy, but, but it is. And, and those things all have their place. Like, um, it's, it's, you, you shouldn't look to a production company like us to produce those like super fast disposable, like, you know, um, I need to, I need to get in front of people right now, but it's gone tomorrow. Um, and th- those have, those have their place where we're not a right fit for that. There's other things that need more thought behind them, more time, you know, and, and especially, Uh, and I know this is really intangible in a way, but like if you need some, if you want someone to feel something specific and you are a brand or, or, or a client, like that's when you need to work with, um, you know, I know Bill says it all the time where he's like, I judge your judgments are a little bit different is like, did the hair stand up on the back of my neck? And if it doesn't, you didn't do your job correctly. But if it does, um, you did okay. It's a, that kind of deal. <laughs> yeah. That, um, that's where it gets more creative to when you need to invoke a reaction like that. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, then we'll wrap this up with um, tell me both of yours. So you just mentioned that videos can make you feel something. What's the, um, what's the last video that you saw that made you feel something or add or whatever? Or that you had to rewatch. I guess that's my test. I'm like, I have to rewind this. I, sure. I need to see this again. Yeah, I can't. I, you know, I know it's, you know, Matt, I know Max mentioned it earlier. I mean, and this is on like a big scale. Um, the, the Jeep ad at the Super Bowl. Um, another one, this is, this is old. I want to say like two years old, which probably means it's like seven. But um, <laughs> Bill and I watched a really cool um it was like i think it was wrigley's gum that was like a story through these gum wrappers that was like remember that like i that was very like oh i'm getting verklempt (laughs) getting choked up over here um that was a was a really cool piece uh (laughs) i don't know why i just thought of this the uh 2016 MLB commercial congratulating the Cubs with Eddie Vedder singing Someday We'll Go All the Way definitely made me tear up. Uh, <laughs> oh. 
Uh, off that tip, Max, also a more recent one. I think it must have been 2019 because it was, yeah, it was a season pre-COVID. But, um, and anybody that knows Max and I know we're both baseball guys. But the MLB ran an ad. Um, and if, if you don't care about baseball, no problem. The shorthand is baseball is very old and traditional and kind of stuffy. And they ran this ad like when we were kids, eighties, nineties kids, Ken Griffey Jr. was a very was was everybody's idol, but was a very um non-traditional player, just like a little kid, hat on backwards, chewing gum, just having a good time. And so MLB ran this spot where it's narration, like sarcastically, not sarcastically, but strongly saying all the things that a traditionalist would be upset about. And then it's like, or no, it's Griffey doing the narration. And then it ends up with him just being like, hey, just let the kids play. Um, and it was yeah. an ad for the that playoffs a, that year. I was like, that was oh, a great one. That really hit, that, that really hit hard. Pretty much every baseball commercial. Like, you really have to work hard to mess it up. <laughs> nice, guys. I'll have to go find that, watch that. We'll link to that, share that. Um, Cool. Well, I watched one recently. I can okay. speak yeah, to dude. so, and I had to share it with like everyone because again, that's like my test of like I have to rewatch this and then I have to tell everyone. I guess it worked. Um, and I don't need this product, so I guess it doesn't matter. Um, but I've been on Zillow a lot lately, mm-hmm. and they have a new ad that's like I don't know what they term it, but like the me oh, ad. Did I share that with yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> no, you didn't. But it's a very good oh, one. Yeah. My gosh, I had to watch it over and over. So it's. The, in like the storyline here is a lady and it's Susan and it's herself over and over and over again comes into like a boardroom and she's like okay we're gonna sell our house and we're gonna buy this house okay who has ideas and she's like choosing on her um like dub- doubles of herself she's like all right negative me you know all right uh antisocial me all right positive me um and they're giving her like suggestions and it's all the emotions you feel as you like go through buying and sell the process of buying and selling a house. And you're like, yeah, that's um, me. Like some days awesome. she's like, eh, we're going to figure out finances, you know, or okay, yes, we yeah. can do this. I ordered the drapes and it's like all the highs <laughs> and lows. I was like, yes, we have. And then at yes. the end, she's like rooting for herself. Like, cause she's using Zillow, me, 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 like she can do this. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly how this feels. Like they just kept, like totally captured it and i was like sharing it because yeah i mean if well, you you're just buying sold or, a house right megan yeah, yeah this is very totally <laughs> well zillow stalking me obviously because of these yeah. ads so. but no but it connects with you i i did think of one more yeah. if i could add and it's not sports which is why i want to add it i totally forgot about this oh, that's good we, we need, just did not need. do my homework dude yeah. f f for the day um yeah. match.com at the end of last year ran a genius, really oh, hilarious yeah. spot where 2020 is a, like a, a female candidate on the Anthropo site Orfies. and the, and the yeah. devil is searching for match.com and he matches up with 2020 as, <laughs> Oh, it's the perfect match. And it's, it's set to like almost like a rom-com. They're like, you know, and he's like, I knew she was, the right one when she said she loved to- toilet paper and they're like running in slow-mo out of like a bathroom. And then there's like a follow-up spot that I've only heard the, the radio on Spotify, but like um, 2021 is now in the dating pool and they're sort of disparaging like, yeah, I've seen that profile. It says, um, you know, uh, pretty non-eventful and easy to get along with. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I thought that was a really, really clever way 
to um, not only deal with the pandemic and in, in how much it connects to everyone, but even from a production standpoint. So it's only a two shot. It's only two actors, an actor and actress the entire time. Um, yeah, I thought those were... Well. A tremendous amount of <laughs> effects work on the devil. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> absolutely, and VFX and makeup and absolutely. Yeah. But like, yeah, I he thought that like, was. Uh, it was Tim Curry's outfit from Legend, wasn't it? Oh yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was, was pretty much the exact carbon copy. They spent a ton of time getting that correct, but that's something oh, yeah. I rewatched and shared because it was so funny. And then I was like, "Hey, you guys, you guys have to check this out." Nice, nailed it. Cool, guys. Well, um, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And I'm so excited. This is the kickoff for season two. So um, oh. thanks again for coming. Yeah. Sweet. Well, yeah, you guys, yeah, you guys. Pressure, right? Yeah, I know, right? I didn't know we were the kickoff. You're huh? the kickoff. <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere to go but up from here. Josh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, guys. I've Heard That is a part of the Herd App Media Network. For more information, follow Herd At on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, or Instagram, or visit HerdAtMarketing.com. A Herd At Media Production.